0: My mom lies mostly mute and immobile in her nursing home bed due to the vascular dementia that's causing her brain to atrophy. She's exhausted from fighting the disease's inescapable gravity well that pulls her mind deeper into darkness, dragging the spirited, loving woman away from 78 years of coherence and lucidity. Mom is on hospice care, and and the volunteers tell me it's comforting to the dying, To get permission to go from their loved ones, that it's going to free them from worrying about the pain it's going to cause us. So, on a particularly lucid day for mom, I sense now is the time to give her that permission, though the vulnerable child in me does not want to. Mom, I've got something to say, and it's the most difficult thing I've ever had to say, and I can only say this once. And she looks at me with calm attention. You know, we love you, but if you're ready to go, We'll miss you, and we will love you forever, but we are going to be okay. She wears like a soft, pensive expression, and I know she understands. Well, mom quietly dies two weeks later on an unbearably beautiful, sunny July day that seems jarring and totally incongruent with her death and my grief over it, but then I think, My mother's death released her bright spirit from the darkness of dementia, and it's being reflected back to me in this glorious shining day that maybe she looked out her window at the beautiful morning and freed from her earthly worries about my brother and me thought, this is a good day to die. So she did.
1: Hey there, and welcome to Grit, True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the personal narrative kind of story, the contemporary kind of story, and the people that craft and tell them. Each week, a storyteller will join me, Sean, tell one of their stories, and then break it down. Why, you ask? Well, we want to feature these tellers and their stories. We also want to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging more relatable and more memorable stories true stories personal stories grit stories now we are in the middle of season two dedicated entirely to women we've got a bunch more 99 second stories from a few recent slams all of them by women and they include barbara peterson whose story you have already heard sylvanna clark Linda Direct, Nadia Felican, Elena Beth Kay, Susan Ida Bukowd, and Janine Scott. Thank you, ladies, for contributing these stories. Check the show notes for upcoming classes and events, including The Flash and The 99. Both great events. Hope to see you there. And remember, if you listen on Apple, you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and or subscribing. But we really appreciate you listening. And hey, let folks know about the podcast. Thanks so much for that. And without further ado, let's dive
2: in.
3: I was a semi-hyper kid in middle school, doing well. At home, not so well. My mother kept telling me she wished I'd never been born. She'd throw plates of food at me. And she always told me that she didn't want to be around me. And she even attacked me by kicking down my bedroom door. And at one point I said, I can't take this anymore. And I found my stepdad's razor blade and I cut my wrist, but then it started bleeding. So I wrapped a knee sock around it. And a few days later when I told my mom, she said, you should have finished the job. And I ached inside for days and finally decided to go to a counselor at school. And I must have talked to Mrs. Bowman for 45 minutes. And she said, here's a yellow pass. I want you to come back fourth period tomorrow and talk some more. And for five days, she gave me a pass every day. And Mrs. Bowman always told me that I was strong and I was resilient. And one day she said, Silvana, I have a special pass for you. Keep this with you all year. And anytime you feel the need to talk, this gets you out of class. And that pass was like a golden ticket. It, It showed that somebody cared about me. And surprisingly, I seldom used that pass. It was enough to know that it was in my locker. And on the last day of school, I threw that paper away. I felt confidence in myself. And you know, 50 plus years later, Mrs. Bowman is still right. She said I was resilient and I've had an amazing life. But anytime I come across a big problem, I think about that yellow pass and I tell myself that I am strong and I am resilient.
4: Of her 79 years, Grandma never had a brand new car. Then the gas company drilled six wells on the farm, and all that changed. Money came rolling in. Sitting around the scuffed farmhouse table, she decided she'd tell the grandchildren all about her big adventure. So she took her shiny aqua blue Buick out on the open road. Coasting along, she was proud of her newly acquired driving skills. She rolled her sleek sedan down Highway 33 towards Elkins, West Virginia. At the top of Punkin' Town Hill, she floored it ahead, a totally unobstructed open mountain mile straight shot. Zooming along, she topped the next ridge, whizzing by. Tigert Valley Regional Jail, waving at Cousin Jim, who just happened to be incarcerated there and coincidentally was exercising in the jail yard, she hit 118 miles an hour. All six grandchildren screamed in unison, Grandma, you could have hit a cow. You could have had a wreck. You could have got hurt. Grandma snorted. I didn't have any grandbabies with me in that car. It was just me and the Lord. And he wanted to see how fast my car would go too.
5: Up in Romania, my mom would simply refuse to take me to an open market because I would cry and beg her to buy produce from the farmer's den that had the least amount of business, as I was worried that they won't be able to provide for their families. I was a type of child that cared about everyone else's well being. One day in elementary school, as I walked outside in the schoolyard, I see this baby chick hanging from the branch and I hear laughter from the bushes nearby. With tears streaming down my face, I run to the bushes to find this boy, a classmate of mine, bent over with laughter, screaming furiously, I scold him about the life that he just took away. Next day, as I rush out for recess, I see a kitten hanging from the same branch, but this time he's standing next to it, waiting for my reaction. I run to the branch, I undo the rope, and the tiny body falls to the ground, lifeless and limp. I turn and face the boy who at this point is smirking at me and I punch him in the gut with all my might. He doubles over wailing in pain. Chaos is next and teachers and students just come. And I stand there frozen with my fist clenched. What have I done? An ambulance gets cold. I had burst his appendix with my punch.
1: That was Sylvana Clark, Linda Durrett, and Nadia fela Next up, Elena Beth Kay, Susan Ida Bukowd, and Janine Scott.
6: She was so much bigger than me and handed down this baby doll, Tiny Tears, a gift to make up for the fact that my baby brother was coming home from the hospital and they were afraid I'd drop him if I held him. I was one and a half years old when he was born, so this has to be my earliest memory. So I was always his big sister, and I always knew I was supposed to take care of him, but he was always so different from me and from everyone else, and sometimes I couldn't help him at all. Like at the dinner table when Daddy said to him, if you don't eat the food by the time I count to ten, you are getting the strap, one, two... And my brother's way of dealing was just to go away. And he'd get hit and then the countdown would begin again and I'd yell, just take a bite! But he would just sit there catatonic until finally he moved only to run to the bathroom and and vomit into the bathtub. And sometimes I could help him, like when I went after him undercover into the cult of the Moonies, but that's another story. Whether I could help him or not, whether I was happy to or resentful, I've never just been me. I've always been my brother's keeper. And that's really what was handed to me that day.
2: balcony, looking down. Below me is Toronto, Ontario. The twinkling lights are everywhere. I'm draped in 14 karat gold on my neck, on my wrists, on my hands. And I'm looking around, just taking in the beauty. And I hear behind me the conversations and the laughter. But there I am standing there alone in my evening dress. I'm in my 20s and it's in the 1970s. There's this murky feeling that's been in the pit of my stomach and it starts to rise and rise and seep through my body and it comes to my neck and I can barely breathe. I left whatever relationship that was. For whatever reason, I left it, I can't remember anymore. But I can tell you, I left that affluent lifestyle, and I ended up in the flea traps in Toronto, Ontario, at Bathurst and Dundas. Now, for those of you that don't know what flea traps are, what they are are small rooms, paper-thin walls. It's where the mice huddle together to keep warm during the winter. It's where the roaches climb up the legs of the table. And they join you for dinner and for supper and for breakfast. And I remember being in that environment. And I took that cigarette and I inhaled it and I blew out smoke rings. And I knew I was finally free. Finally free.
7: home mom. She did everything for me. She made my breakfast. She helped me dress, made my packed lunch. I had homemade cookies when I got home from school. I was living the dream till I was about seven years old. Then my mom decides to get a part-time job. Life as I knew it was over. I remember this one particular day. I was getting dressed. My mom was clearly distracted and she was rushing me. I got to school and I went to the back of the classroom, to the coat room to take off my coat. And I noticed I was wearing shoes and socks, t-shirt and no skirt. I closed up my coat and I ran to my desk. I put my head down and I started to cry. My teacher, Mrs. Lenover came over and said, Janine, you're gonna have to take off your coat. She took me to the back coat room and she said, what's the problem? I opened up my coat. She throws her hands over her face and she starts to giggle. Not the reaction I was hoping for. My mom gets called away from her part-time job to come and pick me up. We drove home in silence. We had both failed that day. We never spoke of it again.
1: As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to our seven badass, gritty, 99-second storytellers. Remember, you can check the show notes for upcoming classes and events, including The Flash and The 99. Great events. Hope to see you there. And that is all for episode number 38. Boom.